Welcome to another podcast of The Apologist Bookshelf. I'm Gary Zacharias. I'd like to uh, take a look at a book today by Mark Middleberg. It's called The Questions Christians Hope No One Will Ask with Answers. So that's good news, huh? There are answers here as well. Things like, how could a good God allow so much suffering? Why should I believe heaven and hell exist? Why do you condemn homosexuals? Why trust the Bible? It's full of myths. Why are Christians so judgmental? Now, these questions were taken from a recent national survey. And Mark Middleberg is a best-selling author. I've read several of his works. He's a strategist in apologetics-oriented outreach. So he's a good guy to tackle this. I'd like to look at the chapter that, of course, we'll all be wrestling with as part of our culture. And that's this. Here's the question. Why do you condone homosexuality when it's clear that God made gays and that he loves all people the same? Well, as part of his answer, Mark goes to the story about Jesus appearing to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he says, just think about that. Here's a Samaritan. Those people were considered dogs. They were considered second-rate. Jews walked around so they wouldn't have to go into Samaritan territory. But there's Jesus talking and, and sitting down talking to that woman. And so Mark says, you know, that's so true. The first principle from looking at this story is that we should affirm God's love for all people. If Jesus is willing to sit down with a Samaritan, we can certainly sit down with people that we disagree with. So I like that principle number one, affirming God's love for all people. We sometimes see the homosexual or the activist uh, with homosexuality or something else being an, an opponent or an enemy, somebody we have to defeat. And of course, that's a terrible attitude. He says we should be getting close to people who need God's forgiveness. doesn't matter what their sin is. I mean, we all uh, are broken individuals, and if we walk away and separate ourselves, we're not doing them any good, and we're not doing God any good as well. He says, remember, what's our primary goal? Bringing people to faith in Jesus so they could get salvation and life that's available through his gospel. So Mark says we shouldn't be focusing on trying to reform people from the outside in. In other words, go after their homosexuality. We're supposed to share the gospel, and that changes us from the inside out. What a concept. I mean, that is so powerful. Christianity is not about changing society by new rules and laws and regulations and things you must do. It's change the person on the inside, and then the outside behavior will change. Okay, so that was point number one. Here's the second principle. So the first is go ahead and get close to people, talk to people, affirming God's love for everybody. Mark's second principle is, based on the Samaritan story, we should affirm God's model for human sexuality. And he starts off in Genesis 2.24. This explains why man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. He says, there you go, there's the clear boundary. Two people, both genders, just one of each. That's the biblical standard. It's also found in the New Testament. You go to Matthew 19, and he has Jesus talking there about referencing Genesis about from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he talks about a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and they're united as one. He said, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So Jesus is reaffirming the Old Testament. One man, one woman, in marriage for life. And it's a maleness and females, femaleness of this uh, gathering of the two. So 
he looks at other places, what Paul talks about in Ephesians and 1 Corinthians, and he said, we can assess all sexual activity. He said, it's easy to conclude that any sex that doesn't express this one fleshness between one man and one woman in marriage is wrong. So look at the list. Mark starts ticking them off. Premarital sex is out. Adultery is out. Polygamy is out. Orgies are out. Bestiality is out. Pedophilia is out. Sexual relations between same-sex partners is out. If anybody is engaging in sex outside of marriage, that's a violation of God's plan. That's the only option. If you're married, sexual expression between a husband and and wife is encouraged. It's celebrated. It's a gift of God. Nothing uh, shameful about the body and, and the functions in sex. He says, but outside of that, there are no examples of sex that's condoned by God. By the way, I don't think Mark talks about this, but I've read other articles that talk about the uh, psychological and the physical damage that's done if sex is done outside of that marriage partnership. So third principle, we need to lovingly tell the truth about what God says regarding sexual relations. He says we as Christians need to, and I think this is a good point, we should be focusing primarily on making the case for biblical sexuality, not against gay sex. See, we're always known as Christians as being against things. Oh, you don't like this. You don't like that. Bah humbug. And I think this is so good to make the case for biblical sexuality. There have been lots of studies. You can go to the Family Research Council, FRC, and other organizations, and they've done studies that make the case for the value of that biblical sexuality, a marriage covenant with a man and a woman. So he says, look at the Old Testament. And he goes after those verses that say it's a wrong thing to do to be engaged in homosexuality. He uses Leviticus 20.13 and 18.22, as well as Deuteronomy 23.18. So that's not too hard to to take a look at those verses. They seem pretty clear. Now, the, the catch is, when you go to the New Testament, Jesus doesn't explicitly address same-sex practices. So a lot of people say, well, if he doesn't speak about it, maybe it's okay. But he said, yeah, well, Jesus doesn't reiterate the Old Testament prohibition against bestiality. We think his silence means he's okay with it. I mean, Jesus didn't say anything about slavery, child trafficking, or the oppressive occupation that the Romans had in uh, Israel at that time? Are they unimportant to him? No. He's not, he, he can't talk and he doesn't talk about every single thing. And in fact, we can see him being loving and engaging with that woman at the well, but he's not permissive. He told her, go now and leave your life of sin. And Paul gets really specific about same-sex acts. In Romans 1, 24 to 27, he talks about that, about Uh, the women turning against the natural way to have sex and the men burned with lust for each other. And he says, this is wrong. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, this is important. Let me read this because this is good. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes, and here it comes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheap people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. 
Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You know what I like about that? And Mark points this out, that these were people who used to commit these acts, but no longer. So he's saying that people used to do things, but Christianity comes along and it changes them. And uh, he says, he makes clear these things that we can be cleansed from. It's a, it's a warning, but there's hope and promise there, isn't there? So that, I like that, that. He says, some of you were like this, so there can be change. Even though today you hear that, oh, they can't change. No, that's not true at all. Mark also takes on people to have a, a statement like this. Well, God made me this way. Right? God made gays with these desires, so he must have intended me to have and to fill, fulfill these desires. But he said, wait a minute, that's not really good thinking. He said, we have all sorts of desires for significance and for food and recreation. But he says, you know, if we let our desires go, they can produce excesses, harmful excesses. For example, we have a desire for food. Nothing wrong with that. But what happens? We can become gluttonous. And if you keep going down that road, You've got obesity down the way. So he says, um, think about significance. Nothing wrong with that, but it could turn to abuse of power. So desires can be from God, no doubt about it. But every desire has to be limited in some kind of God-honoring way, or we could end up just pursuing that desire to the loss of everything else. He also says, think about this, not every desire is from God. He says, try, try taking that logic. Hey, I was born with it. I can't change it. Therefore, it must be from God. What if you're homophobic? You hated gay people. Could you say that? No, of course not. He said it might seem natural to them, but it's wrong. So what about people who are angry? They say, well, I was born this way, so I'll punch you out. No. What about people who can become addicted more? Somebody involved with pedophilia. We wouldn't let them off the hook. We are fallen individuals, Mark says. We have a lot of these natural desires, but they're not good. So we have to be very, very careful. Another section of this chapter says, you know, there are people who by no choice or action of their own are more inclined toward homosexual temptation. So we could talk about that as an orientation, he says. They're going to be more tempted to sin in that direction. But, and this is really important, he says, desire by itself is not sin. So it's not the inclination, it's the behavior. Either mental, lustful behavior, or physically illicit behavior. So I think that's important to know. And he says, Jesus wants to help us overcome these destructive tendencies. He said, people may not get rid of all these attractions completely, but he said, you can say no to illicit same-sex activities. You can stay celibate and pure, just like every single person is called to do. Or like formerly gay people have done, even grow a natural and healthy attraction to those of the opposite sex that ends in marriage and life with a family. Let me just mention a couple of people here that fall into that category as far as former gays who have turned their lives around because of the impact of Jesus. Walt Heyer, H-E-Y-E-R, look him up sometime, and Rosaria Butterfield, look her up sometime. They have some amazing stories to tell of how God turned them around. All right, uh, let me finish up on the chapter here. He said, we have to constantly ask God to give us the mind and heart of Christ to extend love and grace to people who are engaged in uh, sinful activities. He says, I want to be a part of a church that radiates 
a beauty and attractiveness of God's love, of grace and forgiveness, and for an eternity of fellowship with one another, as well as with Jesus. He said, we have to make sure our own churches are centers where people can come with struggles. They're not all cleaned up and 100% gung-ho, or life is great, but they come with their struggles. And one of the struggles may be same-sex attractions. And they find from the people in the church what they find from Jesus, mercy and grace to help them when they need it the most. That's from Hebrews 4.16. And I think that's a really good way to end on that. Now, I've got a... Um, presentation that I've done on homosexuality and same-sex marriage. And if you'd like, you can email me. I'll be glad to send that information to you or go to my website, apologeticsforlife.org, and you can encounter some of the things that I've said there. So once again, this is Mark Middleberg, M-I-T-T-E-L-B-E-R-G, and the book is called The Questions Christians Hope No One Will Ask with Answers. <laughs> so glad the answers are there. So I hope you uh, take a look at the book sometime. And thank you again for being part of this podcast and talk to you later.